This is um, <clears throat> uh, against the cult of the reptile god. Once we complete a storyline here on This American Dice, our tradition is to reassemble all the players and chat about it. This time, it's no different. David, Austin, Brandon, Oscar, and Jacob got back together and hashed out the ups, the downs, and different things we learned playing these old-school D&D modules using the Dungeon World system. Believe it or not, editing this game has been in the works for nearly four years, so give the players some leeway. They don't remember every detail perfectly, but hope you enjoy this little conversation, and maybe you'll learn a thing or two as well. Yeah, we can just get started now, actually. I don't know if we'll have a ton to talk about. Get your reunion with all these cool dudes. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen anybody in a long time. Yeah, so this, I looked up the dates here. We started this in uh, June of 2019, and we ended four in years. September. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. so before COVID and everything. That's why I don't happened. remember everything. Yeah. So a, a fun thing, a fun thing about those distinctions, when we did this, um, uh, I was married and David and Brandon were not. I don't remember if you were married yet, Oscar. Now, when this has finally yeah, come out, I am no longer married. And also my <laughs> character, when we started, was older than me. And now Caster is younger than I am. That oh, no. oh, really? <laughs> How <Yes>. old? <laughs> At some point, he played him like such a grizzled character. I would have assumed he was like in his 40s by now. At at some point, I think we put his age at like 35 (laughs) or 36, and I'm now like, yeah, a year or so older. Yeah, wasn't he missing an arm or something like that? Like, he was, yeah, harpoon. One of his his distinctive features, yeah, that accent takes a very significant change. Yeah, I only I re-listened to like the first seven episodes, which doesn't even like get anywhere. <laughs> I might have so been one of those. Yeah, there was like thirty of them. And I was like, ooh. I listened to the last one, and I listened to my favorite one, which uh, I can talk about in my favorite. Ooh, uh, okay. Whatever nice. it is, my favorite I can't mo- memory. Yeah, well, I was gonna say uh, because of that for sure. I'm not. This isn't really a quiz, but. Uh, does anyone remember? Does anyone remember what the plot was? If you can, you recollect what I what I remember. Happened? Like a town, there was like a preacher who was in charge of a town, and then for whatever reason, he turned evil bad, and he went like to the temple of evil that was like under the church. I think maybe very Diablo esque. Under the church, yeah. I don't remember if that's true or not. Uh, well, and then he not, summoned some great it, so. big bad. I just yeah. remember a lot of birds, and then death. Remember we did like a dungeon crawling segment. Remember we did like a dungeon crawling segment that like turned real bad real quick. Yeah, I remember the giant snake that we found that we thought was the reptile god, but it turns out it wasn't. It was like just a dude. Oh Um, yeah, that's what it was. With like a giant crown, I think, like enormous. I remember what was the a weird uh forget his name, but it was like a an alliterative name. He was like he had wasps, he was like a part tree. <laughs> yeah, truly bees well. I think the wasps are just getting into your brain. No, I was <laughs> I was really uh holding back not bringing up the wasp when you were or Wesley Wasp Wayne when you were talking it, about the, the wasps here. 
It was oh, uh, Wesley Waswing. It, it was foreshadowing. His brother Bertram Beeswell. <laughs> and my suggested character, which is Harry Hornet Hole. Oh. <laughs> um, the triplets. And there was and people see. being turned into snakes too, right? Like they were being yeah. transformed. Oh, yeah. And uh, some we had some friend of ours too that was like then tra- was a traitor and they were like turning into a reptile. That might be what it was like a Brandon, kid or you were talking right? about. I thought it was like a some bishop maybe or archduke. I don't know. Some like title. <laughs> I know there was like a bishop that was bad, but then wasn't there like uh, the bishop's kid or something? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, the bishop's kid oh, okay. was with us, but I something I remember. I don't remember exactly what happened with the bishop's kid, but, but I remember my, something like happened. Is that the, the one that clawed my eye out? Yeah, I was gonna oh, say. Oh, uh, you, okay. I think uh, Couvert actually uh, killed the uh, corrupted her corrupted father in front of her, and then later on she was mind controlled and clawed your eye out. I think. <laughs> so, are there any other big things we left out? Uh, anyone? Oh, for the plot? So Yeah, I don't know anymore. So we, we showed up in or- the town of Orlane um, mm-hmm. in part because Simulgar had known the, bish- the deacon Abramo, a local religious leader, and uh, we, we showed up hoping that we were going to have, that something was going to be right or we could help him, and we get there and everything's kind of a little bit creepy, a little bit uh, suspicious, and pretty quickly, we discover that these people are weird. We get attacked by a John Goodman type character in a bar. And we discover that people are being kidnapped and they're being given to this cult or this religious group um, by these like bandits that are kidnapping people. And the more we learn, uh, the more we find that there are folks who are being kind of transformed into reptile folks and brought out into the swamp we head out into the we eventually meet up with like elves um the the antler men as they're called and they give us some more information and this druid helps us old ash oak i think is his name and uh we're led we go out into the swamp and eventually we go down in there and discover that the reptile god explicica defilus and her various mm-hmm. mates have been turning people into reptile slaves. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. There yeah, was also, that sounds familiar. There was also a notable tangent when um, there was uh, this other figure, this undead priest, Larith the Beautiful. where uh, Oh yeah, find, from, from the one shot. Yeah, where you had to d- deal with him. Although I think he just escaped afterward because of that bird situation that Oscar remembered. Oh, yeah. dang those, the, the birds. Those are pretty much the, uh, the bullet birds points and wasps. there. <laughs> All those wings. Everywhere. Yeah. So how well do you remember your characters? Do you think you can describe them still? I swear this is the last quiz question. Um, I know Solomgar started out as like a con man wizard guy where he'd like go up on stage and like kind of con people out of their money with like sleight of hand shit. But I don't remember what he turned into at all. Cause I know all the characters I've ever made always like turn into some shit during the game. They like change a lot. So I don't remember that part. The turn. Know, the thing. <laughs> yeah. The, I, uh, I mean, when I remember it was a big heel turn for you. It was a, 
I think you end it pretty heroically, but then in your epilogue that you did, you're like, and now he, but he turns incredibly evil. He's, he's an <laughs> awful wit lich. Sounds right. Yeah. Sounds, sounds, sounds right. Sounds good. I didn't he, cause all... I know he likes, he like he kept taking stuff. He kept like taking magical things he'd find. Yeah. You know, he took like the skeleton skull at the beginning. And I think he took something from the, the big dungeon oh, yeah. at the end, didn't he? I remember that. I remember yeah. you taking stuff like the kleptomania of magical <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Just like anything magical. He was like, let me just take this. It'll get better. And I think that's why I had him turn into a lich at the end. Cause he like just delved too much into the ancient magics. Lost, lost his mind. Yeah. But that's about how I remember it too. That's right. Uh, I remember my character was a monk, and I played him like I do every other monk. Boring as hell. (laughs) (laughs) How do you mean? Usually, you know, very uh, following the monastic ways, being, you know, trying to be, like, somewhat pure to a certain extent, not really uh, trying to break laws or or be anything too bad. Um, I... I don't remember a lot about, but I know that's usually how I play most of monk characters. So I'm I am a very boring person when it comes to monks. <laughs> wasn't wasn't your character boring. like? Didn't he like really care about being clean or something? That is true. That was part of the class oh, itself. Yeah. I chose that. That I forgot about that. I was thinking that's something about cleaning myself. That was part of the actual character. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That was one of. Yeah, because this was a third-party character they created. Yeah, that was one mm-hmm. of the things you could choose as like one of their monastic things was that his was being uh, obsessed with cleanliness or something. If that is monastic. Yeah, I remember when you picked that. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then about 30 minutes into the episode, and we're like traipsing through a swamp. I'm like, oh, yeah, I maybe this is probably the worst. This. this is not. This, this is time. the worst yeah. thing to to choose for a character where we're going literally. <laughs> into the muck of the underground uh layers yeah <laughs> yeah it kind of worked out at the end i i uh added some i added some stuff at the end to uh hopefully bring yeah. that back around at the and i mean at the very end like of the the end of the <laughs> finale so yeah oh, yeah i thought um kwan was pretty pretty fun monk that was interesting especially with yeah. his uh like i'd never seen that class played ever I just heard it was interesting. <laughs> so uh, I think it turned out pretty good. I don't think yeah. you're boring, Oscar. <laughs> I just, I, I like, I like playing the monk character, but a lot of times I'm not, but there was one thing. Didn't my character start turning into one of the reptile people at one point in time? Because yeah. that was the, didn't he make like a, was that part of like his like pact or was that just the, because I know when he's dying, no, it's just, I got, I drank the thing or whatever, right? I see Austin mm-hmm. doing this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Coming back to me a little bit, guys. Uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast. Yeah, so. <laughs> you had also you had been captured. Quan had been captured at some point. Um, yeah. uh, Similgar was the only one of us That's who right. did not at some point get captured in one way That's or true. another. <laughs> wow. Um, oh yeah, and they nearly <laughs> died episode one, but you know, <laughs> yeah, kept not getting captured. Yeah. Did, when Quan got captured, he like had he drank like reptile lizard venom juice and started. Oh yeah, reptile man. Nice. Yeah, I think you got like fangs or something, but I don't remember you if you actually used them or not. 
I, I don't remember if I tried using them during the fight, but that was the you did give me the option as that was the one of the things I got. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was just I, I was trying to remember because I know there was also the whole thing of the pact that I made or whatever. Yeah, with that. Death. Yeah, that <laughs> so demon I wasn't creature. Yeah, so that I could come back after the incident with the birds. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, which I think was also Simulgar's doing, uh, if I remember correctly, was it? another wand mishap. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Wasn't the birds made by the wand, or am I misremembering? Yeah, I think so. And, and also the demon that um, made the pact here. Nice. But also, also, didn't it save us in the end? The wasn't it, it the wand that was powerful enough? Yeah. So uh, it all worked out. That was that was definitely a good uh, good item here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just based on the, I think it was the rod of or the wand of wonder, like that old D and D item, which just kind of does random stuff. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I I really like that wand. It always uh, causes good trouble. Jacob, do you remember um, Kuzair? Vaguely Batman-esque, vigilante kind of uh, oh, guided. Cool. Used a scimitar based on the swashbuckler class, which was, I think, another third-party class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very, uh, what I really enjoyed about the characters, they were a lot more brutal than characters I uh typically play or like uh or have played in the past so there were some moments in the game where it was just like some absurd reptile thing doing something uh you know evil as they did in this and like i think one of them i like jammed a piece of like a steel rod into its mouth like when it was open to kill it like stuff that was just like more familiar uh more brutal and intense than like usual, but it was like guided by the sense of a deep wrong that the reptiles were doing, like defiling, like not just like people, but also like the earth and the, um, the ecosystem. So I enjoyed that. And then it, uh, was, uh, I think how the characters played off of each other, um, not just class wise, but also kind of like personality wise worked out really well in terms of the, adventure itself um we had characters that were like wanting to jump in which like because there was that sometimes we had characters that didn't want to jump in um and it like i think was a good mix of like putting people in harm's way and getting them out of it and hurting some evil reptiles along the way yeah i never uh thought uh, i don't know if you said at the time but I, I never thought batman i don't think but in hindsight like oh yeah that totally makes sense <laughs> I can't believe yeah, I, I didn't make that connection I mean, until now. I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but I, that was definitely an inspiration I had, I think from the start. Cause I was kind of, it felt like a cool juxtaposition to, uh, for me of like the swashbuckler as like a vigilante where it's like applying the same sorts of like flair, but to like this kind of ridiculous and grim, like evil, uh, scenario. Um, not a Wait, lot of opportunity for, cool uh, uh charismatic like convincing or anything like that with these not mindless but like mind controlled reptilian things so that was fun for me when i was editing it i was surprised by um i mean maybe caster but 
it might have been um Cusare, like the most violent of them all, like you were saying. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, there not was some put money. I don't that, know. There was some there was some definitely some ultra violence in that game. But, yes. That is true. Didn't, yes. Didn't Austin's character start out by like gutting a thing and just getting covered in blood? Or am I misremembering? Yeah, I I had a couple <laughs> of things. One of the things I tried to do when we would describe them was at times almost describe things that were accidental violence where like a person gets knocked over and then they their head lands on a thing and that kills them like um we talked about Simulgar uh the, the using the ley lines to to blow up this building and like oh this guy that we knocked over like oh and that cuts him in half like that kind of a thing oh, or, um like oh we, I we just try to I just try to kick this guy and it's like, Oh, you did enough damage to kill him. Oh, I, I, I kick him. And then he falls onto this thing. Like, like a lot of that kind of yeah, stuff. Wasn't there a, like, uh, like a stalagmite or oh. something that someone like fell onto in a cave, I feel like, and impaled to death. I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering. There was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff like that, a lot like, of especially death. in the beginning. <laughs> when, in, iron, not ironically, but interestingly, when we were dealing with actual people, we tried to have a lot of that. And then later on when it's like, oh, we're dealing with lizard people, then it was a lot of, I cut the lizard in half. Murder. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, so the I, think, I think part of us oh. changed it up. Like, I think maybe we changed it up a little bit of, uh, we're just, we're just like, yeah, a bunch of weird lizards. Just kill, just hack them and ha- hack just them apart. Them. Yeah. Um, I think the ultraviolence fit really well just because of how, like, at least as we ultimately arro- like arrived at, it was this very grim, like, disease-festering kind of place. So it really, it felt very, like, comic book graphic novel to me of, like, dark browns and dark greens and mm-hmm. putrid yellows kind of thing was how I was imagining most of it. And I yeah. guess red for blood. Uh a lot of that naturally um did you get to describe uh, your character there austin caster my idea with caster was he was like kind of a fallen paladin-esque character um where he had been a paladin um like a minor noble and had been raised at, uh, to be a paladin basically and then because he'd found love and that love had been kind of pulled away from him um due to like vows of the church that now he was a, like a fighter who was kind of like pissed off with um, the idea of like a religious order, but he still had some of these kind of more spiritual ties. And the big uh, element to him was that he, because of some kind of magical incident when he had fallen from the church his right arm his dominant arm was like replaced by this weird like gold like a harpoon arm thing and i i liked the idea of i thought the visual of that looked cool and kind of like an anime aspect but then um the idea that like oh you can't run away from this incident that defines you and defines your fall like it's a physical visual reminder all the time. Um, yeah. I thought that that was an interesting idea. And, and 
and this this came up less, but the idea of like you don't have your dominant arm. So like certain things that you might have to do are maybe more difficult. And so like even that being like this constant little reminder of like, hey, tie your shoes. Okay, hold on. I have to tie my shoes with one hand and that one hand is my non-dominant hand. Let me tie mm-hmm. my shoe like that kind of a thing. And I think we talked about it a little bit, but that was what I thought about. And that character from the get go didn't from the start to the end, didn't change a ton um, until that very literally the episode that came out, I think today or yesterday, uh, yesterday, technically. Um, and the up and out. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not, the, not the very last episode, but like, yeah. Um, and this idea of like, is this some kind of redemption in like the religious view of what he used to have and he's coming back into things or not? Uh, that was something that I wasn't expecting, but um, the the connection with his mentor was like one of the other big things that I pushed and wanted because that character playbook has that idea that like oh you can speak to the the spirit in your the in your signature weapon yeah. yeah and so I, I I wanted to use that constantly but changed it up to be like he talks to the ghost his mentor that allows him to wax philosophical or just honestly <laughs> spout a bunch of my own backstory kind of a thing. Oh yeah. I love that. It was what father Tirajan, I think. Yeah. yeah he was in the, awesome. he was in the one shot before, right? The, yeah. The yeah. The yeah. We met him. We met him as he was, uh, in when he was dying. Um, and then afterwards he was a, like a spirit figure. And he was just supposed oh, yeah, to be was... Ian McShane's character from that one episode of Game of Thrones he was in. There's a um, cat in a truck. <laughs> was uh, Father Trujan the one that sent us on our journey to like destroy the tower or whatever in that the like elemental evil one shot thing? I'm trying to remember them. That, remember. Not that important to this game. <laughs> yeah. I remember I played a wizard that cared a lot about uh, uh, the stuff you write letters on and like, uh, what's the term for that? Like the uh, stationary. It's very, (laughs) really care a lot about stationary. Remember lots of toe jokes in that too. Yeah, there were a lot of (laughs) jokes about toes. You know what happens? Elemento evil came up a lot. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that was really a cool way to use that. I think it's called the heirloom move, right? In the fighter um, mm-hmm. where you talk to the spirits or something like, yeah, yeah, make it it's, it's one of, on one character is so cool, which I totally it's stole one of the, the that other Dungeon World game that you ran when I was the fighter. I'm like, yeah, it's just, yeah one, it's just one God, though. It's one of the only um, like fighter moves that is not like just be a fighter about about fighting basically it's it's one of the few ones that's a much more um lore based move and that's one of, that's the reason i like that move is because it's like all right mm-hmm. this is a thing that lets you build oh, out the world yeah. yeah um yeah so do you think you would uh i guess open question for anybody um 
did you like the way you played your character or do you think uh were there any big highlights or anything um i'll I'll go first i uh i really enjoyed playing kazair because it was so different than what i had played in the past uh in terms of character type um and like what was driving them but one of the things i liked too which i think you allude to in the document that i'm pointing to uh that no one would know was where i'm pointing uh (laughs) is uh there wasn't a lot of backstory it was just like here's a dude that's like capable of extreme violence and tries to is just doing his thing like there's no real uh there wasn't some grander aspect to it um at least not in terms of like uh i would this character i wouldn't think would like look back on their life and be like ah yes and all those things led me to this like it wasn't this kind Mm -hmm. of like culminating element for the character it was instead just kind of like it happened to him um and then like experiencing it and taking from it what uh because they are taking from it what they did i think is interesting and like i'm sure we'll get to the finale which i really enjoyed um the epilogue uh component um like i feel like kazair was more of a forward-looking character than a backward-looking one which i think was interesting and uh in terms of this so i i really enjoyed it i think if i was going to change anything um no i don't know i I really listened to a little bit and i don't think i would change much i i really enjoyed it and i think it worked well Caster, I think, was the opposite of that as like a very backward looking character where like everything about him was about this backstory of how he got to the point where he is. And um, like, I feel I pushed the most to get my backstory into everything. And I think that's not a surprise, not not a shocker to anybody that I think that. Um, But I. Would I do anything differently with that character. Um, the only big thing would be to settle on a voice that I could consistently do <laughs> earlier on and stick with that voice. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but aside from that, I was pretty happy with how that character worked out and um, the, uh, the leeway you guys gave me with be- me being like, now let me talk about a flashback that I have. And so I appreciate that. And everybody wasn't like just looking at their watches. <laughs> well, I think like uh, the fact that Caster was so backward looking, like actually really enhanced the story because one, it meant yeah. that like my character, at least like Kazair didn't need to be for one. Um, and two, I think it just kind of like, it still meant that there was a sense of place, a sense of meaning to this particular incident. Um but it also, I think we did a good job, like all of us together of like, there were parts that our characters were like, they knew how to do and like knowing how to fight being like a simple one, but it's like, they kind of know how to take care of themselves. But then also there was a lot of stuff that was like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is like completely insane. And how do you react to that? And how do you keep going? And um, I thought that was really cool. I guess I could go next. Um, I probably wouldn't play my character much different except maybe not do the cleanliness thing in the in this campaign uh probably picked another monastic tradition what were the other options uh Austin? oh or do you remember geez no what a I thing don't that. at all that is like woo. 
I was just curious I, if there was one that maybe you were like, oh, I definitely wish I had chosen I that I, one. No, no, I don't remember them. I do remember the cleanliness one because that one was the one that that struck out to me the most and probably would be the one that I thought would be the the easiest to fit into like a character backstory or like a character's mannerisms and things going on. But ah, food, no, I don't remember them at all. I would have to look up the, the sheet. I don't even know where the sheet that David gave us would be right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about that, David. I didn't mean to. What, you didn't keep it for four years? How dare you? <laughs> I, I, I actually have it framed. I would have to break the frame <laughs> to look at it. So I'd have to break in case of emergency. And I, I have it there just, you know, I, it's, it's actually in the back of the living room, right behind Amy right now. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, uh, the certificate of authenticity <laughs> wouldn't uh, wouldn't apply if you break the glass. Yeah, exactly. I got it graded. It's a nine point nine in the graded scale. It's gonna be making me rich in a few mu- in a few years. <laughs> well, you said uh, you were you were playing him kind of boring. I, I don't know if you're being a. Like I mean, I jokingly I, I say yeah. that, like I I don't mean it really that I play them kind of boring, but I I feel like I usually play them like how I feel a monk would usually be in in traditional terms, which I guess when it comes to like um, working with other characters, it's one thing because you get to play off the other characters and their 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 um, mannerisms and their and their ways of acting and and personalities, but you know. If you're just think, looking at the monk as a single person, they probably wouldn't be so exciting, I guess would be my view. Other than, you know, well, knowing martial sense. arts and stuff. Yeah. But but yeah, I don't know if I would play it any differently um, yeah, no, in I that think, aspect. I think your character was the only one who died, and they, they died twice, I guess. I yeah. Play. Yep. But, uh, Luck of the draw, right? Got a roll of the dice. <laughs> yeah, although um, I know... Somogar and I think Caster came close. Somogar nearly died first first game start. Yeah. Somogar nearly died. Yeah, I think like the first encounter, that. right? Yeah, literally the first encounter. I'm like by the, the way, first, like two moves of the first encounter. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm gonna point out. I think this is the only game I've ever been part of where I've had a character die. Really? I can remember. Really? Yes. Oh wow. I've never, but then again, it doesn't mean that I've that I've been in like year-long campaigns where my character survived the entire time. It's just like the game dies out before I actually get to to end up yeah. dying. It probably lasts like six sessions. Okay, guys, now everyone could never meet again, so we're done. <laughs> um, maybe, uh, maybe in a way, death is like the ultimate cleanliness. It's, there you go. Uh, there's, there's no more chance for uh, the, the way to exactly. I'll never become dirty again if I never am alive to do so. <laughs> It's just dead. Yeah, check Get that uh, Get Werner Herzog over here. Like, in the end, death is the ultimate cleanliness. cleanliness. There is no way Bring to be clean, save that you're being cleaned from the mortar coil. Yeah, like that. <laughs> Bring me the baby. Yeah. <laughs> and there's somebody sitting next to him on a bus, and they're like, uh, "You want to change seats?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, how about you, Brandon? Do you have any? Uh... Self critiques um, for your character, I guess. I feel like one of the issues with Silumgar was that I built him to be this con artist magician, and then I didn't play him very much as a con artist, from what I remember at least. He didn't play very much like somebody who was just out there trying to con people. Like I remember him being involved in like saving uh like one of the NPCs, like Ren or somebody, like 
feel like he did a lot of stuff that wasn't very con artist you know what I mean? So I feel like, like I kind of fell away from if, his backstory a little bit. If I can defend you with that, I think especially okay. after like the first third or so of the game, the opportunities for that were kind of off the table. Like once we left the town, who are you going to be a con artist to? Like these weird ascetic elves that live in a house made out of mud or like barely sapient reptile people. Like, no, he was stealing the wasps. It, it from wouldn't the wasp really work. Tree. <laughs> yeah. I so that, I, I would say just like you, it's not one of the problems with uh, some of these games back. sometimes is you'll, you'll create a character. Uh, yeah. You'll create a character that you have an idea for. And then sometimes it doesn't work out as well, or it only works for part of the thing. Like I created mm -hmm. a character who was supposed to be kind of like a, like a charismatic thief in a game that we played. And then it was like, all right, you guys are in this labyrinth where you're just kind of barely trying to survive. And it's like, Oh good. Well, my charismatic thief can't charm his way out of fighting these yeah. uh, reptile birds. Yeah. I guess that's kind true. of a deal. You got me there. I mean, other than that, oh, no, I'm just saying that, like, I'm, I'm just trying to say it wasn't a failing of yours in that it was just like at a certain point in that game, it's like, all right, well, uh oh, not going to be able to do this. <laughs> yeah, not going to be able right. to be a con man in the in the, the lizard dungeon. Speaking yeah. of those um those elves and old Ash Oak, I think, yeah, the the druid. Um, I do remember, um, especially when I was editing it, it was hilarious when. They're like, oh, uh, come have this meeting with us, everybody. Here, we'll tell you where the reptile god is. And I think Stilmagar was like, we already know, and these guys suck. And actually, I kind of want to just fight them because they haven't done anything. And I'm like, ooh, he does got me there. They, <laughs> hmm. Uh, yeah, they, here you go. Have some gifts and leave. Uh, <laughs> they, they do not actually give you much advice, do they? So that was pretty good. So you, you were... Uh, I, would, I, I guess that's not a scam, but you. Uh, it's not a scam, but he was like, "I'm not, I'm not putting up with these people." Yeah, yeah. game saw game, I guess maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the um, speaking of the elves, the uh, us like figuring out what the elves were. That is my favorite part of this game. It's one of my favorite parts of like any RPG I've played. It was uh, super. I just loved it. It was great that we came up with these horrible like atrocities out of. Um, just the concept of like elf telling you something from the shadows. Um, I, uh, it started with uh, Austin talking about like in the Tolkien like fiction, it's like they're these really long lived uh, beings. And then he was like, well, what if they have just been around forever and there's no explanation? Uh, and they like tied in with the, what is it con yao is that the name of the mm -hmm. uh, name of the god yeah yeah um and then they wound up being these like tall gangly chitinous opalescent like oh, yeah, super bizarre spooky things that like no one would mistake for human with like even their clothes were really weird um so i uh like i just loved that uh coming up with what the elves were and like kind of seeing that through because clearly they were intended not to be so like 
disturbing and like an affront to us uh but they were so uh a lot of fun yeah you, you all all of you were monsters constantly when i was uh like asking like oh and what's a detail about this creature we haven't seen and they were all nightmares like the <laughs> the the elemental evil monster starting with that like the centipede like where i think it wore the face of your loved ones or something yes yeah i remember that now oh, then, oh yeah that was awesome the halflings were like terrifying. these terrifying bug creatures which is why they all became bee related i guess and uh mm. oh and these crocodiles with like human eyes at the end i'm like oh my god i hate, oh, I hate yeah, and I love all these that. yeah that was uh the crocodile thing that was oh spooky. and i think i think you jacob said the explicitopilus the reptile god had like eyes in the back of her head as well when she would oh, slow their yeah. way it's like still staring at you i'm like no i hate this so much but it's perfect it felt very yeah. in, li- in line with like this defiled landscape like it felt very fitting that everything was like super messed up um kind of like adventure time-esque or something where where these uh initially adventuring heroes and then it's like very disturbing yeah i did enjoy that we changed like because the, there's always the tropes of like this is an elf look like this and half one looks like and all of that and we were like nope they're awful they're crazy things everything's a nightmare everything's a nightmare I really did enjoy that we did that yeah it made the, the tone of the game really good I appreciated that yeah and I, I hadn't uh, I think uh, the one shot the prequel thing um, the elemental evil uh was like the first time I had experienced in a game, like us kind of going around and adding elements to something. Um, so uh, it was a ton of fun in that one, ton of fun in this one. It's a ton of fun in general. So uh worked really well. Yeah, definitely props to the uh, the gauntlet people. They're like a series of podcasts. I stole it from them and it, <laughs> it works so good. I love it. Yeah, yeah it's genius. Because it makes us remember it because we had a part in making it. It's not just like, Mm-hmm. Who cares? Generic, whatever. Do you have any uh, specific like memories that stick out about, or any like weird events we talk? I guess we talked about a bunch, but going off this, uh, these weird elves. Anything else that still haunts you to this day? <laughs> um, I remember. I think like one thing which came up in the finale, and I don't. I didn't like re-listen back enough to figure out where it came from, but like somehow I had a wasp named like Charles that was like a guide slash like friend that the like wasp Wayne guy, uh, somehow we got it from him. I don't know if we befriended him or like maybe that was my swashbuckler charisma came out uh mm. for that i don't remember maybe i like intimidated it out of him it doesn't sound like kazair but i don't know uh, uh so I, I, I want to i believe you you traded him a potion for it and he's, oh. he said oh call on me when you need me here's charles <laughs> and i believe you named him charles too i, I don't know <laughs> someone why did, charles sure. happened yeah um does he like need a potion for some reason? I feel like there was some grander. It wasn't just like, "Hey, I'll trade you a, a wasp for a potion." He, uh. the part of the idea was that um, we had Dory was her name, and um, Dory and then Wesley Waspwine were two possible people who could have joined us um, in the party, but neither of them did, 
And instead, we were basically like, hey, you guys wait out here. So if we fail, you can ah. um, kind of help to solve this problem. Slash, if we're running out of here at the last minute, you can give us some kind of backup. And um, um, mm -hmm. Charles the Wasp was like the little kind of scout of Wesley Wasp Wayne that went ahead with us that we could maybe tell him like, Hey, go back and, and give Wesley the heads up that we need help. I think I kind of remember that. <laughs> Vaguely. I remember us having like some people wait at the, uh, entrance to the, whatever it was, uh, layer, um, for that reason. That sounds smart. I f I'm glad we did that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't we? Um, go ahead. I want to say that we, um, when we were uh, dungeon crawling, we did build the map of the dungeon ourselves, and then we like camped out in the dungeon. I remember us. I remember the dungeon section being very, uh, not convoluted. Convoluted is the wrong word, but like. We put a lot of weirdness into like the surroundings of the dungeon. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to that, say anything better than that. Yeah, that was a. I know we definitely did that with Lair the Beautiful, like the undead dungeon. Yeah, the, that, the that might be the dungeon I'm thinking of. Yeah, with the birds in the library. Yeah, and uh, we might have done it with uh, Explicted of Hylas's as well, but I kind of forget. I might have just been like, that was too much work. Maybe we shouldn't do it this time. <laughs> it was a lot of work, but it was it was a good. It was an enjoyable throwback to the to the roots of the genre. Yeah, I was trying to do it as it said in the the module. Like, have, mm -hmm. have the players write this down. The other memory, well, I can't really claim it's a memory. The other thing that I listened to that uh, I remember how I felt once I listened back to the thing was um, toward the end. This uh, I forget who. Uh, I think it was uh, Silumgar. I don't remember for sure though made this like area of silence um and it was like for some very important reason i think maybe it stopped explicit how do what's her name yeah explicitica <laughs> defilus yeah explicitica defilus okay just enough uh, syllables <laughs> yeah the perfect amount um i think uh it like stopped her from using her magic or something or like summoning more or like calling out for help or like something of that nature. I forget exactly what it was, but uh, in the silence is where a lot of that finale happened where they're like, we couldn't hear each other. It was just like uh, uh caster had a conversation with uh, the mentor, like in his head uh, had stuff going on. And like um, I had my eye gouged or Kazair had his eye gouged out Uh in silence which is like a very disturbing thing to imagine so i remember like for part of it uh just being like wow i'm just uh standing here like screaming literally into the void like being like hurt very badly um and i was trying to like save ren from her like mind controlled state going into the like toxin pit thing that turned people into reptiles um and uh that just like i think from like a horror perspective imagining like something horrible happening to you while you're well you can't hear anything like everything is just silent is like very eerie and disturbing and 
fit well with like everything that was going on. Um, so that one stuck out to me, the disturbing nature of that silence. So, so there were, there were a couple of things that I remember for sure. Um, uh, one, one of them I already mentioned of, uh, when, how Simulgar's magic worked, which was like ley lines intersecting with one another and how at some point something went wrong in a spell and it basically like just blasted a bunch of like laser sight, laser blast, laser cutting blast type things through this building that we were in. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, before that, something that sticks out and I'm going to make funny a little bit, David, for this was um, uh, th that you uh, you suck and you smell and everyone hates you. Now, um, mm -hmm. the good one. <laughs> yeah, high five, everybody. We got him. <laughs> now, wedgie time. No, um, no, it was um, uh, Caster was like eating at the, the bad inn and like drinking. And so oh, he was yeah. like having beers and he was eating some soup and he knew like I had perceived I discerned realities whatever it was where I knew one of the guys that worked there was bad news and I knew I knew something was up I think I maybe even knew I was drugged and when he came mm. over to me I grabbed him and I like just smashed his head into the bowl of soup that I had and I remember I remember this yeah yeah, but I remember the funny thing was the way you described it was that like he was horribly burned from the soup and all I could think was, how hot was this fucking soup that I was eating? <laughs> and apparently, I was eating molten lava soup. And then I'm like, mm, yum, yum, yum. Mm, this yum, is yum, good. Yum. Hold on. I'm immune to this, sir. You, however. Burn, burn like, yeah. And so I, I, I regularly think of that for some reason um where it's like uh like the mcdonald's coffee lawsuit but apparently like yeah. as if the lady had been drinking it normally and then was like my <laughs> mouth is fine but it burned my leg um so i i think about that and then uh just Listen, in that when you do soup you gotta blow on it first and then put it in yeah you don't have time I, for that i'm thinking it's like you have an unknown mutant power <laughs> that your saliva like yeah. extremely heats up like liquids that it goes on so it's like mm. making this molten soup and you're just like yeah whatever yeah <laughs> uh and then the the other one is um in that last fight with explicita defilus uh pushing that thing over and just yeah, like really cool again the the brutal nature of what we were describing of like i described it as like herniating uh amounts of force to to Jeez. lift this thing up and he had like broken his arm and his arm his like work his regular human arm wasn't working anymore and just like forcing Jeez. that into the thing and like and just like really describing it and that was one of the things i tried with caster all the time is in it's so many works of fiction when you have like a badass fighter they get in fights and then they're fine usually afterwards Mm -hmm. And with Castor, I really wanted it to be like, this guy looks like absolute shit the whole time. Like, he always looks like he just had the shit beaten out of him. Because <laughs> even with magic potions and short rests and this and that from the D&D &D world, he looks like a, he always looks like Jared Leto's character from uh, Fight Club after Edward Norton obliterates <laughs> his face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so two things there. Uh, first of all, I want to point out that I remember Oscar 
after you pushed that thing over, Oscar was like, hold on, guys, let me calculate this. That was this many thousands of pounds of force, which is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Definitely yeah. Oscar thing to do. And then, um, so at least, a her- at least a hernia. Yeah. yeah. I think it was least. like 10,000 pounds or something. It was something ridiculous. And um, then, yeah, I do love how Caster was always describing that. And in uh, like, this wasn't what you were describing, but I always thought, oh, he's just getting in fights off screen all the time. Cause you're always like, all right, now we see him with like a, another new black eye or something. And she's like, yeah, yeah. between sections, he's just fist fighting people, which it's I just, love. Yeah, he's getting in fights. Which right. totally, at, at when- totally like makes sense. <laughs> In, in in the start, I described it as like he has that thing where if you get hit in the nose hard enough, you get black eyes, mm-hmm. like where it bursts mm-hmm. the vessels mm-hmm. under your eyes. Like like that's the yeah. start. Like that's when we see him. It was like this guy should look really bad, in the way that like most <laughs> boxers and like MMA fighters like have that those yeah. like their noses are really broken, their ears are really fucked up, and it's like these guys would this guy would look like that at the bare minimum and probably way worse because he's been like attacked with like swords and stuff on a regular basis. <laughs> and probably missing chunks of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's like, like, Oh, what happened? Well, my wound festered and now it's a hideous scar. <laughs> um, yeah. So actually, uh, I'm glad you brought up the soup thing because are there any, um, Thank God. I wanted to be talking about this the whole time. All right. Here we go. This is our new this podcast. Is the soup podcast. podcast. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Spoon Talk. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> there you go. here ready. <laughs> yeah. It's called a spoonful. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. Well. Turns out when you get a bunch of buds together to catch up and reminisce about games from years ago, they can get a bit long-winded. Lest this episode stretch over two hours, I decided to cut it off there. Thanks for listening. If you like this series, you could rate, review, or share it with a friend. And in that spirit, I'd like to take this opportunity to point out the amazing music we found for this series. You're likely right now hearing Eleven by Calpay from their album The Depths. Our intro song has been Mass Effect by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Both of these bands were incredible and perfectly fit the tone we were going for for this game, so we use them constantly. And you should definitely check them out if you like music. Also, fun fact, one in five burns that send children to the ER are caused by soup. Check back next week for the rest of our conversation about scale and shadow. All right, July 7th. 7th, game wow. three, Dungeon World against the Reptile God. Against the cult of the Reptile God. The cult's reptile.